Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Monsu. I'm joined, as always, from his home at the moment, my lovely, wonderful co-host Alexander Volt. Say hello. Very big, not so black. <laughs> this is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That is a new discography, for the most part, per episode. And today we are talking about... Big Black. Hell yes. Of course. The security guard for security guards that skaters hire. No, I'm kidding. no, the no. Band. This is the band. This is a Steve Albini band. <laughs> this, I am excited as a motherfucker. Before we get into any of that, if you'd like to support us and help us out, please subscribe on all the fucking things. You know where we're at. We're on everything. You know, if you like podcasts, you know where podcasts are, and we are there as well. If you want to follow along with us, book club style, send us emails about the fucking artists that we are covering in real time or that doesn't make any sense. Real time for us, not real time for you. You want to send us emails about the <laughs> artists that we're currently covering. Follow me on Instagram to find out who we're talking about. I post stories and all that, uh, informing everybody who the fuck we're listening to at the moment. Uh, so follow me at Pope Jesse Ventura for that. And Alex. At Mother Puncture. And if you want to suggest an artist for us to bicker about, talk about, agree about, bond over. You can send all those to every album ever at gmail.com as well as your comments on fucking whatever artist. Man, I botched that. Who cares? I'm done. Uh, <laughs> also, if you want to listen to more Big Black at the end of the episode, please be sure to check out the Spotify playlist that we've put together full of our favorite songs. You can find a link to that in the description of wherever you're listening and watching as well as every album ever.com where we got playlists associated with every single goddamn episode. Man, I was going to actually make an attempt to not swear within the first few minutes. And I fucking, <laughs> nope, not, yeah, nope, not going to happen. Maybe one day, but not for a while until I get more used to not uh, being a horrible sailor mouth person. God damn, I am not doing this well. Uh, so Big Black, uh, this was uh, just like last week. Shopping Young Lad was a was it was an Alex pick. This week is a Mike pick. Uh, I was very yeah. excited to go back to this band. I I've been listening to them since I was a young boy, young boy, uh, probably middle school time, whatever. So I'm a big fan of this. It was very nostalgic going back to all these, and especially with like a a weird objective lens that we try to do, uh, picking a best that wasn't shrouded in all my biases and all that. Uh, so I had a wonderful time. I love this band. Alex, if you say one word, I will slaughter you. I will go over there and I will knife you. Uh, I'm kidding, obviously. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I've heard a few songs, but this is uh, the first time like listening to full albums and EPs. It's a uh, very short, sweet trip. It's a uh, rough two weeks for listeners who don't like heavy music yeah. because... <laughs> We just traded metal for punk-ish. Punk-ish. Yeah. Yeah. This is not an easy listen. This is not for everyone. Uh, although it's one of those bands that I wish I couldn't, I could recommend to everyone because of how much I like them. But it, objectively, oh my God, this is one of the noisiest bands uh, ever in history of all of alt music, probably. And they're uh, regarded highly because of that. I feel like they help spearhead industrial music, True. but at the same time, they don't really get mentioned in the same breath. They do not. I don't know why exactly. Maybe it's because they're too punk and they're not even a punk band. They're just extremely punk spirited. Lyrics are yes. extremely controversial. Uh, the They're very fast. Uh, they use a drum machine. That's also super weird for punk, but... Uh, 
one of the many things that makes them kind of industrial, very their drum machine band. And also uh, Elephant in the Room, Steve Albini, legendary recording engineer uh, because he avoids the term producer. Uh, this was his first band. And Steve Albini's guitar playing and guitar tone specifically is the thing of legend and myth because if no one can ever replicate it, even though he's it's- publicly... Uh, publish all the things that he uses, people still can't replicate it. <laughs> it's, it's just weird anomaly of a guitar sound. It's fucking awesome. It sounds like construction equipment. Are they using metal picks? They are. They, uh, they use. Oh shit! I, here's the thing. I use metal picks, and it it doesn't matter. It doesn't do that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Only he can do it. Only he can somehow. And here's the thing. I started using metal picks because of Steve Albini. Because uh, I mm-hmm. thought like anything to kind of bring in that weird metallic sound. And we say metal as though it is steel, not as though it is heavy metal. This is the most metal sounding. Yes. This is Yeah, this is very much an iron steel aluminum band. And also to keep with the metal theme, he still uses, but he, he uses uh, aluminum guitars or Travis Bean, which used aluminum necks which I don't believe affect the sound that much, but it just, it's, it attributes to the overall, might as well. Yeah. Everything about this band is metallic. The guitars he's using, the picks, the weird sound where everything, it sounds like fucking power saws in every song. It's extremely noisy, extremely abrasive, but goddamn, if it isn't hooky as hell, these songs are real hooky. Yeah. And if the, the music doesn't turn you off, the lyrics probably will. One thing that I appreciate about the lyrics because it's harder it's harder to have like these morally gray songs compared to like books or stories I think and I don't think there's any easy answers Wait, you're why, like why do you think that is why not uh, songs but why yes books and movies and stuff because there's more to elaborate on and there's uh, you can write a, a very like dry, just the facts. Uh, you can elaborate more. And I feel like music more so than movies or anything else is very much an emotional, mm-hmm. a, emotional thing. And then with Big Black, you get these songs where you're like, Oh, it's clearly about subject A. Right. But I don't feel like the band took any stance after no. the song is over. It's just about that. This band, Steve Albini more specifically, uh, they sung about the just most gnarly fucking shit. And it like whether it's uh, ch- child molestation or racism or police brutality, a lot of police stuff, oddly relevant. But I was like yeah, I, was, I was not ready to listen to a uh, a a relevant uh, band right now. Yeah, but. and and I love love and here's the thing: I never really paid attention to lyrics back in my youth. To the like, I knew they were controversial. I knew like it's one of the things they're known for, but I never paid attention. Never read them. This time around, like it, it didn't hit me like until my fucking late twenties that. Oh yeah, passing complexions about racism. Like, holy fucking! How do I not realize that when it's called pass? The song is called passing complexion. Like that is, it's a brilliant song title and it's a brilliant theme that is I've never heard that covered in a song before. Uh, yeah, like 
being passable as as a white person, even though you're not. That's that's a crazy gray area. Uh, interesting, interesting song themes, and it's always done either satirically or matter of factly. But clearly, this dude isn't beating his wife, which is some songs are about beating your wife. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you think that, then you're probably either an idiot or a little too sensitive for a band like this because it's clearly done in a very uh, objective. Through, I don't know if through the looking glass is the right term, but it's very much done as an you know objective. They're looking at it as a, as a topic, as a thing that we all know. It's like a dead candies, but less absurd, less uh, goofy, probably. Yeah, this is gritty. Yeah, street level shit. Yeah, where the dead Kennedys are Mad Magazine. That is a very, very apt way to put it. Very nice. Uh, Man, I really like this band a lot. I'm so glad to go back to them. It was very hard for me to to, get, to divvy up all my accolades or whatever the fuck we do here, because I think they didn't put out a bad record, but clearly, clearly, some are better than others, and especially among fans, some are you know uh, more remembered. So the way I heard these guys in my youth, um, so so Big Black has overall. Uh, four EPs and two full-length albums. First EP was 1982. The last album was 1987. I mentioned this in our ISIS episode, I believe. Episode, fuck, what is it, 37? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to check right now. I'll check. I'm not a, I'm not a lazy ass. Um, I mentioned that in, in, in that episode that Big Black, along with them, were one of the few bands that quit at the height of their career. Uh, ISIS episode 38. Um, if they quit at the height of their career, they were at their most popular and they're like, okay, we're done, which is a very bold mm-hmm. and difficult thing to do. I don't think I would ever do that. I don't think I have the power to do that or the the, the self-control or, or you know fortitude to, to do that. So it's a very interesting thing when you know you're done, you're, you're done kind of thing. So they well, even like, even to this day, Steve Albini has like he charges every band the same whether you're like to record. You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether you're the Foo Fighters or Ohm, yeah, you're they're getting charged the same. It's it's he's, insane. He's a wonderful man. So it's, for those who don't know Steve Albini, uh, he's legendary for a reason, and he is one of the the few. I don't want to say producer because he really hates that for some reason, but engineer who still uses reel to reels. He still uses everything analog. He does not like digital. And it's, it sounds like a crotchety old man kind of thing. But from his, from what I've heard of, of him, he says the second that digital can do something that I can't do with analog, then I'll switch over. So that's basically, mm. he likes what he does. He likes how he does it. If he can't do it that way, sure. then he'll move on. But as of now, it's still, very uh, analog and he recorded infamously Nirvana's in utero, which is one of the best sounding albums I think, I think ever made. Uh, and it mm-hmm. almost bankrupted him because mainstream does not like recording processes like his, where it sounds uh, very live. It was a very live sounding album. If you go back and listen in utero now and compare it to any other Nirvana albums, there was a fucking distinction. That shit sounds like it's right next to you. It's one of the most clear yeah. booming, uh, like you almost feel the fucking vibrations of of the drums specifically. Like uh, he's uh, a very, yeah. very uh, beloved recording style. And uh, there's another thing that I was during an interview with him. He also prefers live recording as opposed to track by track. Track by track means you record guitar, 
All right. Now over that, you overdub bass. Over that, you overdub drums, etc. Whatever. He likes the full band getting in there, recording it all at, all at once, and then you know moving on from there. The way he, <laughs> the analogy he used was such a fucking bizarre one. He said, "Take for example a beautiful woman. So you, you a beautiful woman walks in, you acknowledge her as a beautiful woman, or." You can also get a beautiful thigh or a beautiful buttock and a beautiful arm, and you put that all together as a beautiful woman. Which one do you like more, the be- the full the full body or the the freak? You know what I mean. So interesting guy. Uh, I, I got totally sidetracked there, but what I was gonna say was uh, when I first heard these, it was back in the days of CDs being relevant. It was before streaming. It was before vinyl really kind of had a comeback. Uh, the first three EPs were all released as a compilation CD called The Hammer Party, which is a fucking excellent compilation. And then uh, the their first album and their... The first album, Atomizer, the Headache EP, and the Heartbreak single were, were all released as the, the Rich Man's 8-track tape. So that was another compilation CD. That CD left off one track from Atomizer for some reason. I don't know why. So... Uh, <laughs> That's kind of it. Kind of doesn't even fucking matter. But on streaming, uh, they're all separated into EPs and LPs. So that's why we're doing them individually. Uh, I don't know why I gave that whole backstory. I just think we're thorough here, okay? But also, yes. we're we're covering the EPs, but we're not covering the Heartbreak single, the El Duce Ramarama single, and the He's a Horror single. So those have different songs. There, I don't think it's you don't. I don't think you need to. Uh, mm-hmm. Heartbreak is on streaming. It's fine. It's got Heartbreak, which is a Wire song. It's a cover of a Wire song and two other songs. El Duce is not streaming. Uh, I heard that as a vinyl years ago. And He's a Whore, which is a cheap trick cover, is also streaming. Fucking, it you know, it's a cover. Uh, <laughs> but everything, everything else we're doing is canon. Whatever the fuck, I'm talking a lot. Please stop me. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Please talk. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, that was very thorough. I thought this was going to take a bit of time to to listen, but it was easy for me to yeah. to get through these. And uh, yeah, I've been, been preparing for a move and playing The Last of Us. So uh, As am I got, got distracted with those things. So, did I. so I very I much appreciate the... Uh, the length of this extremely this, uh, discography. Yeah. It's ext- the longest, the longest record is I think less than 40 minutes and the shortest is like 10 minutes. So this is a fun breezy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting to breeze through it. I thought it was going to be a little, little rougher on me, yeah. but I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they know when to quit. They know, they know when to wrap it up apparently. Uh, y- yeah. All right, so we're going to start album by album, EP by EP. Here it is, the very first one, 1982's Lungs. Much Much like Strapping Young Lad from last week, the first thing we're listening to is all Albini. This is not a, a full band. Nope, this is all him in like a basement or something like that. It's like the most synthy thing. Oh, for sure. And and if you listen to the drum machine, well, obviously it's a drum machine, but this is 
a very we're not gonna hide that it's a drum machine sound. Yes. Uh, whereas, basically, from after this point forward, they're at least trying to make it sound like a drum set. They're using a mm. different, you know, different sample. Is this and this riffs guitar, right? Yeah. 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 That's just how crazy he is. Yeah. That you really don't know. If you're not familiar with the band, it could. You think, oh, it could be keys. But. Yeah. There is synth, synth on this record, but uh, not on the rest, pretty much. Very little on the rest. Really also, like his vocals on this song are so nerdy. On this whole EP. Like he's, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about his, his vocals in a minute, but I, I really love this song. But this is basically what you're getting. All right, all right. Let's let's talk. Let's talk. I enjoy the uh, the like lyrical content of that song because I feel a lot of times in conversations with people they try to use their their job as justification for right. Like, hey, you can't like you can't do that. I'm a steel worker. What about us steel workers? Oh, and yeah. it's like you're. Uh, you know, a fraction of everybody else. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the, the song is getting at by listing these jobs. And then, uh, what's, what is it? I'm a killer. Uh, I'm a hunter gatherer. I kill what I eat. I'm a murderer. Yeah. I kill what I eat. Yeah. So it was just like a very cool, uh, commentary there. And already he's being a dick already from like his first EP. He's being an asshole to everybody pretty much. Uh, Yes. Albina is a very pushy guy. It sounds like not pushy, but like real much like, Real, real, you know what? Fuck you, and I don't mind pissing you off. Kind of, it's very punk. It's very punk in that sense. Obviously, this doesn't sound very punk. Uh, I think he does not like the CP, uh, and I get it. It's not aged that well. <laughs> it's kind of rough. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it still. So I did still I. Think it's, yeah. I, I think. I mean, I really like. I, I don't. I get that it's really like the writing alone. It's it's very much a dude in his basement kind of oh yeah it's not that yeah. interesting and and obviously the recording is pretty rough uh and his vocals are the weakest i think in his entire career with all of his bands they've never been this bad he's just sort of they, talking but mad <laughs> like i don't know how yeah, to describe his, it his vocals sound like what he looks like just like a nerdy nerdy dude. nerdy guy with glasses <laughs> yep yep with the fucking the professor round glasses too like that's, yeah. a, that's a real nerdy dude uh and his guitar tone hasn't quite gotten to what we know this isn't that noisy it's, it's still unique as it's unique it's all hell though it's unique uh, and especially with Dead Billy, which I think is probably the the highlight of the whole EP. That song's super sleazy. Oh yeah, uh, very re- reminiscent. Like if the birthday party was more electronic. You shouldn't have said that because I'm going to put it on. This is Dead Billy. I love that synth. What a I wonder face. if any any like uh, hip hop guys have sampled Big Black. I, I think it'd make for an interesting. It would be very cool. I think. I think. You need the right guy. Right. Though. You can't just. So this guitar right here. It sounds like a buzzsaw. This sounds a lot more like what we'll hear later. 
there's the the birthday party ass. Yeah. Although they look like tears, right? They're the same same uh same time period. yeah they're around the same time period different parts of the world vastly different yes. scenes vastly yes. uh we didn't mention it very much uh we didn't go into the backstory of big black too much but they're from chicago um or albini's from chicago uh what other stuff should we talk about backstory wise uh he taught himself how to play bass when he broke his leg in a motorcycle accident and then uh he just kind of you know, it evolved from there into recording lungs, which legend has it. He just gave someone a case of beer to really, uh, yeah, in exchange. So good God, man. I, I, I long for days when that was acceptable. God damn. Uh, paying people in beard. That's like, Oh, do you ever hear that story about how uh rolling stones paid the hell's angel and beard to, to, to security? One of their, like giant oh yeah yeah that was a big mess people died huge yeah huge mess yeah fucking yeah no one ever likes no one ever likes to talk about that one oh i remember that rolling stones i remember that yeah Uh, anyway (laughs) uh yeah love steelworker love rip uh they're not like spectacular but they're super fun and it's like especially in the punk days where roughness was not only excused but kind of embraced like this, mm-hmm. I, I think this is extremely charming. I like this EP a lot. Uh, clearly, I do get, like. Go ahead. Oh, the on riff. I think that's the closest you'll get to a uh, or rip. Uh, t- the closest you'll get to a traditional guitar sound on that track. Yeah, yeah. It's a, otherwise like for example, example of what I think is uh fucking uh bad example, not good is crack. Uh. Good mm-hmm. lord, the synths and vocals on that are hard to sit through. They're they're pretty rough. It's it sounds more like a sound collage. It's a song, but the only thing <laughs> kind of keeping it together as a song is the drum machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a fan of that, but uh, and, and also don't really care for I can be I mean I can be killed. Uh, it's just very eighties, very eighties, and very like all right. This, it's it's again, it's still charming more than it is good. Yeah, I feel like yeah, we covered the the three big ones, the three, three good ones. Yeah, three big songs. Uh even even saying that like I was expecting to be more uh more harsh on this one. Uh, I was expecting to like think this was like worse undoubtedly, but it's I don't know, something something about it. I like that drum machine sound. It's just it's just weird. It's just, it's like a that that era is equivalent of a of a really good SoundCloud artist. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> also, also, it has a uh, citation needed on the wiki, so take this with a big grain of salt. It said the original copies they would send like trading cards and fish hooks and condoms. Oh, that would be hilarious if that's true. Yeah, but then they had to stop doing the the fish hooks and razor blades. I wonder stuff why. Because yeah. Jesus, uh, but, but yeah, citation needed on that one. That right. may not be true, but it, it it's like it's something you can picture. Picture with, that as we'll get into it with future records, they do some weird shit. They're a weird band. They took advantage of their place and time, and their their place adjacent to the punk scene to do some shit that wouldn't fly these days at all. <laughs> uh, I think it's really cool but we'll get there and when we get there. So yeah, 
not aged well. I would never recommend newcomers come here. Uh, but Dead Billy holds up, I think, and it's fun. It's fun and charming. So still worker, Dead Belly, yeah. rip. St- that's that's what you need. Those are for sure going to be on the playlist. That's it's it's a, a no brainer. <laughs> uh, now let's move on to 1983's Bulldozer. And here we go. That's that guitar. Is it galvanized still, though? I have no idea. No, it is. It is. I'm just... (laughs) I wouldn't really give a shit either. I was just being... uh... Right. Believe it or not, that's a riff, everybody. That's a riff. That's a riff. Just sitting at home. That's a riff. We're done here. Oh, I love this song so much. Also, that's a real drummer. This song is so fucking satisfying. Especially Those like, are some great eight punk vocals oh, now, though. Absolutely. He, he's stepped up his vocal game like crazy. I want to get to that chorus. Game up! Oh, God. Damn, I, I fucking love his vocals in this song. Uh, and they've gotten a lot better overall, as you can hear. That's a real drummer. Yeah, he asked the dudes from Naked Ray Gun to join him for this time around. So now you get Santiago Durango yep. and uh, Jeff P- Pizzati. Yeah, Jeff Pizzati. Uh, Jeff Pizzati was a singer of Naked Ray Gun. Uh, I don't know if you heard them before. I only heard like I have not. I've heard maybe like their first EP or so. I remember liking them a lot. Uh, I think they're still around, which is like a weird under the radar band that has been around forever. Um, mm-hmm. But Santiago Durango would stay with Albini until the end. Uh, Jeff Pizzati's he only recorded a few EPs. That drummer might as well be a drum machine. <laughs> that dude sucks. <laughs> uh, and there's still drum machine on here. Like it's, it's like implemented either within the song or as an intro to the song. Like it's not just a, a real drummer the whole time. And this is also mm-hmm. the only record with the real drummer in the entire discography. Yeah. It's uh, and that gentleman would be Pat Brine. I'm very sorry for insulting you, Pat, but uh, it's very interesting to, it's almost a concept album to record or a concept EP to record a concept EP. Uh, just all about the horrible shit uh, people, mostly rednecks in middle America yeah. do when they're bored. Like that first song is just about after school, we're just going to go get boners at the slaughterhouse because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. <laughs> and man, it's funny. Like some of this stuff really, you really feel it like lyrically along with where it sounds like pigeon kill sounds fucking murdery like th- just those yeah, two guitars together it sounds murdery that's another like highlighting a weird fucked up thing people do when they're bored i don't know if they still do it but they just 
Kill pigeons? Give, yeah, give people and kids like pigeon food with cyanide in it and this feed. That's that's like serial killer shit. It's serial killer shit. This is it, dude. These lurks are gnarly. And fucking okay. First of all, I love Texas as a song. I think it's one of the funnest, most awesome, high energy rockers that they've ever done. I think even mm-hmm. the drummer sounds really good on it. And then lyrically, it's just fuck. It's like don't play this for anybody in the south. That's gonna really. <laughs> it's really mean. It's so. It's so mean. <laughs> I like that song. It's a great song. I put- yeah, it's gonna be on the uh, on the playlist. Without a for doubt. Sure. Yeah, it's so. I, I'm putting it on just a little bit. It's so fucking good. This is Texas. That's what I mean by it's. It's like morally gray. Yeah. It's an anti-Texas song, but then there's you know some some racial slurs yeah, in it. Some slurs. And that's the thing, like. With bands like Dead Kennedys and Big Black, you're, you're using racial slurs to highlight a fucking point. Like that's, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty important, especially in art, to highlight certain things that are wrong with society. And sometimes you got to be dirty to do that. Also, this is fucking just badass. It's a great song. Those harmonies got—they really utilize two guitars in a way that is somehow. Somehow it works despite its extreme abrasiveness. Because <laughs> like they're not just playing the same thing, but if you don't really pay attention, it just sounds like c- c- cacophony. And yeah, it, like you know, you hear oftentimes when people describe music as like, oh, you know, blistering buzzsaw guitars. No, this sounds like a fucking buzzsaw. This is yeah, this is as as grindy as it gets, really. Yeah. Uh... Seth, you get their first anti-cop song there. They got set. It's about a racist dog, I believe. I thought it was about a racist cop. Oh no, Seth is just a racist dog. He bit me because he thought I was black. It's about a racist dog. Oh no, it's about a guy who trained. That makes the more dog. Yeah, I'm assuming yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. No, we're both right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. about a. Uh, what a weirdly specific. <laughs> like it's again once again highlighting something something super fucked up but in a way that is really specific and unique uh it's not just hey look at how bad society is i'm gonna talk about how much i hate society it's no look at this one instance of someone doing something fucked up it's like i don't think there's enough of that in lyrical things i like little i like the 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 concept of doing mini stories like every song is a little story uh it just happened to be really fucked up but just in general little stories for each song these guys yeah reminds me of that author uh herbert shelley jr who's that shelby jr he wrote the uh last exit to brooklyn it's just this you know this brutal examination of of america and these gritty gritty uh small towns Mm -hmm. There's another author. I'm cheating a day. I'm cheating a day because uh, this. If you got the computer, use it, man. That's what I. That's what I, that's what I do. Uh, uh, or yeah, like Will, uh, William S. Burroughs. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, they're they're like the punk William S. Burroughs. Right. Yeah, yeah. And to go back to the the music for a second, uh, 
we already said it a little bit. Obini is obviously a lot better now. He's more, there's more barking and shouting. Uh, or I don't know how to, how to describe it other than like screaming in tune. Like it's not, he's not mm-hmm. singing. He's not, <laughs> he's not screaming while singing. He's not doing it. He's just barking, but it it's in key. Um, and to be able to do that over both guitars too. Is, it takes is some wild. finesse. Uh, and unlike the first EP, you never guess that these screams are coming from such a nerdy looking guy. Like it's, this is officially mm-hmm. like, all right, they're aggressive. They're threatening sounding. They're really cool. Um, and the other thing, uh, overall production light years, light years better than the first one. Yes. It's like, it's clear and heavy. That bass is extremely punchy, extremely punchy. Uh, and the guitars, even though they're real scrapey and they're real metal sounding, they they're oddly clear, oddly clear. Uh, I would love to give this a thing. I I I really like this. EP. <laughs> I've listened to it so many times, like on vinyl and stuff, just repeatedly. But I think I'm a mess, and Jump the Client are just they're they're weak enough to be like, okay, all right, it's not perfect. They're they're fine. Jump the Climb the only one without real drums on it. That's right. That's right. Drum machine the whole way. Um, still think it's awesome. Still think it's a huge step up and they're only going to get better from here. Ready to move yes. on? Yes. Let's do it. This is 1984's Racer X. Fuck. I love this so much. When I threw it on, I was like, oh, wasn't Mike's favorite Devo song, Racer X, but oh, that, that I'm exaggerating because you hated it. It was just called Speed Racer, though. So Speed you Racer. To... They have a song called Timing X, and then a song I hated called Speed, Ra- Speed Racer. Yeah. Yeah. Episode three, we talked about this This is the, much like the cartoon, this is the inverse. Yeah. And, uh. The cooler, better sounding. Oh, yeah. This is a pissed... Oh, man, that sounds so good. Such a pissed off song. It's so simple, but so driving and heavy. It's literally two notes. Yeah. Fuck, it's so good. I just want to punch someone in the face when I listen to this. it's, It's that primal. Uh, all right, all right. I gotta do it. Personal favorite. Oh wow, I wasn't expecting that. There is a lot going on here. Yeah, this is. Uh, I really love this EP. I've always loved this EP. I didn't think it was gonna hold up as my favorite. Uh, after all this time, it it, it does. I I <laughs> fucking love it, man. Uh, that opening track is one of their best songs. It's like, it's, it's, it's just great. two two notes for the most part. And then at one point it, it adds one more note, I guess. But just the presentation is so fucking angry. It's a great opener. Shotgun is so fucking good. Shotgun is unbelievable. That bass, that fucking sludgy. At, I'm putting it on. I'm putting it on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting worked up. But that bass is just too good. This is shotgun. That's one of the most vulgar songs too. Oh. oh. These guys. <laughs> These guys. 
There's no innuendo or uh, metaphors either. If people look up the lyrics, it's literally... They are matter-of-fact as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great beat. Oddly melodic, too. God, this band is so fucking good. Okay, 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 okay. Right. Uh, I'm just going to start gushing over every single one, but uh, got to talk about Deep Six. Got to talk about Deep Six. What Deep the hell? Deep Six. That is the groovy one. Give me a taste. You want to taste the Deep Six? This is a... Uh, I want it. Here we go. Yeah. I remember, yeah, the, the song subjects more than the... Uh... Right. Here we go. Yeah, this is uh, driving around in a beat-up car. You're gonna, you're gonna get arrested. Music. Oh yeah, don't play this in front of anybody, and you'll notice right here. So, it just sounds like he's swearing. First of all, it's super fucking catchy. It's catchy as hell. It sounds like he's just he's just yelling obscenities. But like some of my favorite lyrics, maybe of all time, uh, I'm God's gift to women. They always want my dick, except for that college girl. I'll kill her. Like, it's about a dude who's who's. It's one of those guys who just thinks they're the shit and who's willing to kill and does everything. There's just it's just about a piece of shit, pretty much. A lot, a lot of these these characters, yeah, will and are ready to kill throughout the the. Um, there's songs. Yeah. Um, one that really stood out to me was Ugly American. Yeah. Just not only does this crank up the intensity the way it sounds, but it is so driven by hate. You can hear it. It is the, one of the most aptly titled. It is ugly. It is. Are those like horn blasts in there? It sounds like random horn blasts. It's. Yeah. You can barely make out a note. It is very all right. We're putting it on. We're putting it on because this is yeah. This this EP no, is like you, you, like seventeen minutes long. I think yeah. We can play a taste. Here it is. Ugly American. We're gonna have a real short podcast if we didn't play these songs. I know. Just a great way of how how precise they can be with noise. Yeah. That's one thing I really love about this band is that they, uh, Albini, he's always done this in all of his bands where he'll do this thing where I guess there'll be a bass line and he'll play kind of the same thing over it but with a fuck ton of open notes and wrong notes quote unquote in there so to add this layer like yeah you're hitting notes that i guess someone who's really trying to make something beautiful would leave out or they'd make it a like a, a major chord instead he just fucking hammers on all these notes with like willy-nilly pretty much and it ends up coming <laughs> across like you know that kind of works it, it doesn't sound ugly it doesn't sound wrong it, it's technically wrong from a, a technical standpoint but it's fucking it sounds all right and it's a lot yeah. of that band is that <laughs> like it's just <laughs> fuck it we're just gonna hit all the notes and <laughs> they're gonna land where they do and this and then, I, I probably will say this is not 
this is not going to be everyone's favorite. This is this is my favorite, but uh, like sleep, it's fine. It's okay. It doesn't really fit in. I don't think. Uh, an ugly American is so it's so messy and ugly. I feel like it would rub a lot of people the wrong way. And then <laughs> mostly they cover James Brown, the the big payback. Yes. What a what weird the- and kookiest covers I've ever heard. Yeah. And that makes it one of the greatest covers it's ever. Awesome. I I remember actually not liking it when I was younger because it was like, what the f- what's what, why? <laughs> but I like it now. It worked. I just it's just strange. It's stranger than usual. It's a weird ending to a weird EP. Uh it makes it makes sense though. I mean the lyrics aren't like uh hundred percent what the original are, but the the theme of revenge and killing people very much fits into big blacks motif and this ep specifically he uses the the term 12 gauge a lot and a bunch of different (laughs) songs he just keeps talking about fucking 12 gauges not to mention that one song is literally called shotgun but uh a lot of them but uh, it's diverse for their standards and by that i literally mean you get you know, the crazy, simple badassness of the title track. And then you get that groovy, funky deep six. And then you get the weird big payback kind of stuff. Like it's, it's not just noise and anger. It has a little bit of range again for their standards. Um, it's a lot more confident. I feel like it feels a lot more confident. It's heavier, noisier. Um, they, they've given up obviously the, the, the live drummer. So that drum machine is cranked way up. It's (laughs) produced in a way that is very not distorted, but it's just rugged. Everything about it is very rugged. Uh, I, I think it's wonderful. It's one of my all-time favorites. Love it. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Yes, they they can do a as they've proven. They can do a lot on an EP. So sure can. And it's once again uh, very fitting of the punk scene and stuff. Most things were EPs or very few records for fullings or whatever. So EPs were kind of considered you would tour to promote an EP kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So each of these is very distinct. I feel like there might as well be albums. I've listened to these individually. I listen to them with the compilations on CD. I've listened to them on vinyl. And these are these are fucking all uh, standalones. But now we're on to the actual first album. Here it is. Yes. 1985's Atomizer. Of all the song themes, this one is one of the hardest to talk about or sit through. This is this is wild. I'll wait because it's there's lots to yeah, talk about. There's a this lot. Song, but it's also a great God, song. Damn, what an opener! If there were no lyrics, it's still exactly. amazing. Exactly. Oh god damn, it's so fucking good. And it's so nostalgic. Like the second I put this on, like I'm 12 years old again. It's crazy. Don't let your 12 year old listen to this album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, these lyrics. Okay, alright, let's talk. 
Yeah, so before we go into that song, best personal favorite, I think this is one of the greatest albums I haven't that I haven't heard until doing this podcast. Very cool. It's not mine. I get it, though. I think it's a fucking wonderful album. Uh, Also, as like a a noob, if you're going to start start here. Yeah, start here. Start here for sure. I agree with that. Uh, this is so I think where I started. Bangers. Oh, it has like most of their most beloved songs. Uh, mm-hmm. So before let's talk a little bit about that opening. That's Jordan, Minnesota. That is Nineveh City in Minnesota. Why is it called that, Alex? So in the eighties, there was a lot of sensationalism, the satanic panic. We need to. Pre- protect our children and i'm still not quite sure i started reading up on the incident but basically it just wasn't it was people believed there was this ritual sex ring going on in jordan minnesota and that all the adults were abusing all the children they pinned it on one guy Uh and this it was not the case oh so none of it happened yeah. Interesting. So when did that come out? Um, I don't know when it became clear that it was all sen- sensationalism and part mm-hmm. of that whole, you know, panic thing. But even Albini is like, it's very, you know, it's pretty shameful that I bought into it. But, you know, at the time, yeah. it was just. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was reading about how, you know, the performance of the song was very disturbing to witness live really yeah i think even uh santiago would be like um albini tone it down oh was he like mimicking kids sounds yeah i'm assuming so yeah because i mean the lyrics are they're succinct they're simple but they're brutal uh and i mean what else are you gonna get from a guy who likes pissing people off writing a song about child molestation and Double, doubling down on on fucked up small town America on this one. No kidding. And then immediately after we get Passive Complexion, which I mentioned earlier, what a so, fucking song, dude. Yeah, that's one of the best guitar riffs ever. And, and yeah, I have to put it on. I have to put it on because it's yeah, it's, it's so. It. If you've heard of Big Black, you've heard of this guitar line. That's how big it is for them. So this is Passive Complexion. That. <laughs> Not even guitar. It, it is. No, I know. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like fucking some I don't know weird synth industrial sample. It's so pretty, but in almost creepy kind of way. I was gonna say it's fucked up. You can dance to this. Song. Yeah, yeah. So we mentioned earlier that's a song about. Uh, being black but passing as white and what comes with that kind of thing. It's a very gnarly, heavy topic. But also, that guitar line, it sounds like a synth. It sounds like who knows what the fuck it is. What I believe it is, based on my expert opinion, uh, and also watching live footage, uh, it's literally guitar harmonics from both guitar players. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just Santiago. I don't remember. Um, guitar harmonics. Uh, but the way it's recorded, it's done in a way, obviously with a lot of effects on it, a lot of 
you know, studio stuff. And I believe it's it's looped. It's sampled because the way it loops around, that it, makes sense. it sounds like a loop. Um, obviously live, it's it sounds a lot different. But uh, it's a beautiful line. It's a crazy song. It's a great song. Uh, and the first half of this album is like fucking flawless, I think. Yeah, it's insane. Um, skipping over Big Money a little bit. And then Which like is also very good. Kerosene. Kerosene. Holy shit. What a song. That's their most famous song. If you've heard of Big Black, you've probably heard the word kerosene. Uh, that is definitely the, the most famous song. It is wonderful. Good God, that song. Veering off topic. It is in like, I saw Lama God covered it. Really? And I'm like, how does a band like Lamb of God cover this? Yeah. And it's just, man, I almost want to say you can't. Like, I love Lamb of God, but it's just yeah. like, the pre- it was not, yeah. It's not what this is, you're saying, is what you're saying. Yeah. The, this is, the uh, presentation where of it's this, at. Yeah. The way they pull it off, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's just as no, I mean, this is obviously noisier than the record before it. Uh, and I mean, everything is noisy. Like, there's no, there's very little space on this record. It is all like a, a goddamn clusterfuck. Everything is very fuzzy and noisy and clangy, very clean clangy. Mm. And not a waste of there's not a wasted frequency in this album. Uh Kerosene is a little bit slower, a little bit more mid-pace. It's like six minutes long. It's very long for their stands. They usually do pretty short songs. Fastest but six minutes ever. It is fantastic. Uh it's about being so bored in a small town that you decide to set yourself on fire. And that's as beautiful of a, of a song theme that I can think of. Yeah. There's also some, uh, double entendre there with, uh, sexual stuff too. So yeah, no, I, I don't doubt that at all. Actually. I mean, as we'll get into with, with their last album, there's plenty of that as well. Uh, well, that's a good, uh, segue into fist of love. Yep. Where yep. he, Again, a very gray song about how the lines of fetishes and S and M or or BDSM, yeah. you know, are blurred with um, domestic violence. Yeah, uh, weird, weird, weirdly specific, weirdly relevant. Uh, especially, I think, yeah. I think he was or is still into like kinky sex because i found a few quotes where he talks about how you know you start off with choking some light yeah. slapping and he's like i had friends who like getting punched in the fucking face dude i'm just saying if you're a guy you've had at least one girl ask you to choke her or slap her i'm that that is universal all right <laughs> some guys are, are into it bag i felt weird i felt uncomfortable i felt like either i was hitting too hard or not hard enough i don't know exactly oh shit Okay, for everyone listening and watching, there was definitely a cut. My computer crashed uh, in the middle of me talking about very rough sex, which is very awkward and uncomfortable, uh, especially if you're uh, suspecting that I might be a weird guy. That's the worst time for me to be interrupted. What I was trying to say is that it's, a, it's, it's not a, that uncommon. It's not uncommon. And also, it's also a thing in recent years that's being talked about way more openly, which I think is very cool. Uh, whether, whether or not you're into it is kind of irrelevant. Um, but uh, also... How unsurprising is it that a guy who looks like Steve Albini is into some some weird shit? Oh, not surprising at all. I know, right? It's always the the most unassuming yep. people. You know what I did take the chance to What's backtracking that? while your computer 
crash because it took a little bit. I looked up the St. Vincent version of Kerosene. She covered it? That is fucking amazing. Really? Yeah. I have mixed feelings about her. Uh, I like her as a producer (laughs) and I like a couple of her songs as a songwriter. I'm not a fan. She's obviously very talented and she's good at what she does, but it's just not my my style. I'm very curious because one of the things that she's amazing at is things sounding very good. Noisy stuff, interesting soundscapes. Uh, Very cool. Very cool. Also, she's like the exception. Um, She made it mainstream, sort of mainstream, but she's still kind of associated with uh, ulti underground stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. When she did the Grammys with Dulipa. Didn't see that, but that sounds wild. Ooh. She's a very lovely lady as well. Yeah, it's a case of good death. Yes. Also, she was also yeah. she was on uh To Be Kind, Swans, which is a great album. She guessed on that. Oh, that's right. Guess that's vocals. right. Uh I haven't heard um, her in a long time. That that yeah, I need to go back to her. Yeah, getting back to the album, it kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but uh Bad Houses oh. is a good good break from all the the unrelenting noise. It's, it's a nice little yeah. I mean, it's not a nice song. None of these songs are nice. It's, here's the thing. Bad Houses is a legitimately beautiful song. It's like probably uh, the, their most melodic song ever. Uh, it's paced perfectly. It's right in the middle of the album. When you, when you, right when you need a break, it's a little bit more easy. It's more easygoing, slower, kind of spacey. Lyrically, it's of course, it's still very fucked up. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's like about a John or about being a John. <clears throat> Boy, oh boy! I should have that ready to go. It seems as as though like a do- or yeah, it's not it's not, not super clear. It's just kind of like it can be implied that the person, the narrator, is a John, and he's going to do some stuff that he's probably not he's not very proud of. Um, if you have like the physical uh, physical albums, they all have little notes about what the uh, mm-hmm. these songs are about. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, a male hooker may yeah. not be too far off. Right. Um, my problems with this album uh, is just how much it loses steam at the end. And it, it loses some fucking steam. Uh, like as a song, Fist of Love doesn't really do it for me. It's okay. But mm-hmm. mostly, so Strange Things was not on the Rich Man's 8-track tape. Not the, the, the compilation. They, okay. I, want, I wanted to talk about that because I thought it was a rad closer, but I also have read like how the CD versions are different than the vinyl versions. Sort of. So just that, as far as I, as far as I know, uh, I'm going to strangle your dogs, Alex. I'm going to strangle your dogs. I'm kidding. I'm not going to strangle your dogs, but strange things. Uh, so it was so weird hearing a big, a big black song that I'd never heard before. I was like, wait, hold the fuck up. Wait, what? What? Because I've heard this, this album a million times, and this song was yeah. never on it. I don't care for it. It's not for me. Uh, I thought it was like a cool little closing track, but also I have no point of reference. Right. So this was, I mean, technically, the closer that's, is the live that's version why of Cable. An, another problem, I, it's another big problem I have. It closes with a live version of Cable's. Uh, which is vastly inferior to the original, and it seems mm-hmm. weirdly unnecessary. Like the album is like forty minutes or thirty-eight minutes, something like that. 
you could have left off that live track and it would have still been a full album as far as we're concerned. And because they put that there, it really kind of feels like they just ran out of songs. Like, ah, f- yeah. fuck it, throw a live song in there. Just, I don't know. Uh, it, it's weirdly I, uh, some bang for their buck. I guess so. But, uh, one thing we didn't mention about Steve Albini is his hatred of CDs or of uh, most media that isn't vinyl. Uh, yes. he, this is where he kind of ventures into old crotchety old man territory because of how, the, the compilation that I keep referencing is called the rich man's eight track tape, which is literally a reference to CDs uh, because mm-hmm. eight tracks were considered state of the art when they came out and they died out very quickly. CDs kind of similar, but a little bit, they lasted a little bit, a little bit longer. Uh, so I don't know how he feels about digital stuff. Probably not great because you got to, you know, digital is all MP3 and that is for audio files. It's considered a very inferior form of sound. I don't give a fuck, honestly, as a guy who loves music, uh, my ear, I don't care about the the finesse of my ear that much, I don't think, but... He reps uh, FLAC files, for sure. FLAC is a very hefty file. (laughs) Fuck FLAC. Just because of how much space they take on my hard drive. That's the only reason why I don't like it. It's a great great file, I'm sure, but... uh, yeah, so it ends with a thud like a motherfucker, man. Like I didn't care for Strange Things and any with a live track that we've already heard. It seems like I like this album a lot, but boy, that left me wanting more. Uh, Bazooka Joe and Stinking Drug, I think, are still really good. Especially Bazooka Joe sounds like uh, like if, if the Hawaii Five O theme was played by a power sander. It's a it's it's like fun and upbeat and kind of like uh, surf spy sounding, but. Yeah, there's a few songs where they get into that surf vibe, surprisingly. So. Oddly enough, yeah. Um, trying to think about because uh, I think maybe I don't know if it's Rama Rama or El Duce that that also have vibes like that. They're obviously singles that aren't streaming, but uh, yeah, that's not uncommon. Um, I guess it is weird hearing this- it with that guitar tone there. That super scrapey metallic guitar tone. It's very cool. I think it's cool anyway. Getting into spoilers, uh, I feel like Colombian Necktie is another surfy. That is very true. That is off the next, uh, the last album. But uh, even despite my problems with it, uh, some of the best punk noise, whatever you want to call it, some of the best ever written, brutal lyrics to match these punishing songs, amazing production. It's, you know, just cacophonous in all the best ways. Uh, wonderful. I gets it's their most beloved album. It's uh, I can see why if you're gonna start with this band, start here. It's, it's yeah. the shit. It's fucking great. But let's move on to a very interesting EP. Interesting in the things around it and all that. Uh, Not as good as Atomizer. <laughs> and we'll explain that statement. This is 1987's Headache. <laughs> This is a great song, though. I like that drum beat more than the song. I don't care for the song so much. It's a good bass line, too, though. That was voice sounds like it's a guitar. Yeah, they kind of did that on things a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, 
definitely see how people would be turned off by this. Yes. Yeah. It's hardly a song. <laughs> There's that fucking driving-ass drum machine. All right. Same time? We're doing this at the same time? Worst. Yeah, worst, least favorite. Yeah. It's not even... It's only four songs, but it's like... Yeah, I find it the least interesting out of the... Honestly, yeah. S- still worth a listen. No, I yeah. really... Yeah, I like grinder a lot really i hated that one it sounds like big black doing video game music i think it's great you know what yeah you're right it actually does remind me some some uh old school mega man but just Mm -hmm. big black doing it uh pete king of the texas i think is fantastic i think if that song uh closed atomizer i think atomizer probably would have took best for me because it's a great song it's it once again has that kind of spy vibe to it, but it's short. It's really snappy. It's really, I don't know. It's very cool. It's the only song on the EP that I actually like, but I'm actually surprised. I thought you were going to give lungs worst because that's like the, the obvious worst for most people. I probably say, cause it's so, it's so, uh, you know, underdeveloped, but sometimes, sometimes I feel like, uh, a band that changes a lot. Their first one can be, can be charming and all exactly. and that's exactly why I think this is the worst because that one has charm. That one is this one. This one sounds like atomizer, but bad. It's like yeah, and it came with a sticker that said "warning, not as good as atomizer." It literally, they knew it. it literally said that they literally marketed it as bad or as worse than the one before it, which is so self-aware and accurate. But also, don't tell us that. Come on, dude. We were like, that's yeah. horrible marketing. I, I love it. I, I appreciate it. And I think more people should do that. I, but it's bad marketing. Yeah, I thought it was uh, very funny reading about it on so- one of Sonic Youth's albums. They also put that s- the really? same sticker on one of their albums. I know we'll do Sonic Youth at some point because they are not broken up. But boy, uh, do I feel like that about a lot of their albums. <laughs> well, look. Most albums aren't as good as it's a it's a high bar. Yeah, fair, to be fair, yeah, it is a high bar. But uh, like Ready Man is not terrible, and and even like My Disco and Grinder, the other two songs, like they're not bad songs. Nothing's it's just terror. Yeah, it's ba- just not as interesting. Not as interesting. Horrible pacing. There's damn near no pacing because like My Disco is not an opening song. That's like a weird. That's the weird song to put at the beginning of your EP. Um, one thing, do you know how much do you know about the original packaging of the CP? Oh, that it was a dude whose head was blown off. It was a guy who had been shot in the face with a shotgun, a photograph. It was a head split apart. It was a photograph of a head split apart. Obviously, this caused some problems for them. I don't know what the fuck you were thinking. Should I look at it? Okay, before you look at it, I want you to, okay. I want you to look at it. Okay, in real time, but not yet, because I want you to keep in mind, uh, I think a while back, uh, I think it was on the Sublime episode, episode 26, probably. uh, I told a story about how I'd watched the the Bud Dwyer shooting himself on TV. I watched that video a bunch of times as a teenager because I was a fucked up teenager. And you know why I watched it? That many times or why I even saw it is because of Steve Albini's following band. It was a band called Rape Man, which he started with Ray Washam, 
and David Sims of Scratch Acid. So they did like one album and one EP. The EP was called Bud. It was named after Bud Dwyer. The lyrics were the people in the uh, in the audience saying Bud don't, Bud don't. <laughs> it's a oh, fucking man. crazy song. And because of Steve Albini, I looked up that video and then watched it a bunch of times because I'm mentally ill. So because I'm on that same kick, I looked up the headache cover and then put it on my MySpace profile for like a year. <laughs> so Jesus. I want you to look at it with knowing that a young idiot Mike had that on his MySpace profile <laughs> for a long time. Please look at it in real time, please. <laughs> Man, I'm kind of okay because like the Bud Dwyer thing, he shoots himself, but it's a clean, it's a clean shot. It's a clean shot, yeah. It's not a shot. No, this is so. not clean. I want to see your response and your reaction. Oh, it. Okay, wait. Okay, man, it's it's blown up. Hold on. Okay. Oh yeah, this <laughs> man. Okay, so. They have that Garth Ennis comic book uh, preacher with a character named Arseface about, and there's a TV show now, about a kid who tried to kill himself and survived. And to be honest, that cover is not far off how they, they draw him. So that was gnarly, but the uh, prepared. preacher comic book kind of. Yeah, it's uh no for sure they use that they use like you know real real photos as, as reference for that kind of stuff, which I feel bad honestly for like game developers and artists who, who have to stare at horrible images just to get a good reference. Was, was it you or I think Matt Berlinski? Someone was saying the developers on the new Mortal Kombat game had like PTSD from looking I, at. I don't. I heard that photos. as well. I don't know if I told you that, but I definitely heard that. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, it might have come up while well, all three of us were yeah. hanging out. And so clearly, once again, Albini's being an asshole. That's pretty much what that cover is. Uh, if you want to be upset for a few minutes, go ahead and Google that. But aside from that, this is it's it's worth a shot, you know, but it's like if you don't love Atomizer, don't even bother. Uh, probably it's, it's got and it's just short, but nothing really happens over the course of its shortness. like. At yeah, least with uh, yeah, at least with the earlier EPs, they're short as well, but they jam pack it full of fucking bangers. Uh, yeah, there's there's stories to be. Not that there's not stories here, right? Less cohesive. Yeah. So we are here. I'm st- dude. I am fucking sweating bullets the whole time, just hoping my computer doesn't crash again. I. I but we're, we're almost done. We're almost done. This is the final album. Uh, here we are, 1987's Songs About Fucking. Now this is a fucking opener. Even noisier, even heavier, even faster. And true to the album title is the song about fucking. 
told from the perspective of a uh, truck driver. Oh, lovely. Oh, let's break down. Oh, it's so good. So this song ends in about 20 seconds. It's a very short opener. I w- hey, Alex, what do I think about this album? Is it your best it's, album? It's my best album. Uh, I get that. Yeah, I uh, I really love this album. I really love it. And I loved it as a kid. I love it just as much now. I thought my opinions was, were going to change. Uh, they did not. I, man, I as much as I get the atomizer argument, and I think it's a wonderful album, this one uh, is just more consistent, better paced. It ends really well. Uh, the the weaker I, songs in the middle, they're all super, super duper short. Uh, it wastes no fucking, this album wastes no time. Yeah, I can see arguments for both. Like I'm not, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not married, not married to either or they're, they're both great. Mm. Um, I remember the first time I saw this, you don't know if the bat like where because this looks like it's one statement. Big black songs about fucking right. So that's kind of funny. It is. It is a it is a very bold title. You're like, is that the title? Is that the bad name? Where does one end? Where does the other begin? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, this was released after they broke up. Right. So that's wild too. Uh, I remember in, in a, this is a weird, weird kind of full circle thing in high school. I was dating a girl whose nickname was kinky. All right. One, I told her I was listening to this album called songs about fucking and her response, I guess, I guess I wonder what her response was. It was, Oh, I got to hear this. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, like I, I really love this album for one. It's bold and gnarly and all the words are really, the lyrics are just as ridiculous and over the top as they've always been. But, uh, this also, I mentioned it on our Craftwork episode, episode 40. This the is my model. favorite, my favorite cover of the model is on this album. And, uh, if anybody who's heard the model, uh, or heard that episode, this is big blacks version. Somehow I recognized it instantly without looking at the, uh... Oh yeah. Oh, it's a great song. I love the model. And there it is, buzz saw it all over again. So if uh, if the original Kraftwerk version was a little too German, a little too poppy and electronic, this version is a lot harsher. Uh, yes, I like it a lot. Still maintains it. This album is definitely less hooky there's yeah. less melodies than yeah. atomizer which is fine uh they're this different different things yeah this one is, and, is far more punishing yes and then like i said colombian necktie is pretty surf rocky especially for a band like this it is uh and actually the first half not the first half but like the first four or five songs they're so fucking brutal. Like bad penny starts out with this really menacing baseline. And then it just turns into a mess. It's just a mess of noise in this big, <laughs> giant groovy bass, uh, drum line. And then El Dopa, which I completely forgot about until listening to this again, it is 
intense. It is what, like a less than two minutes of just this super high speed. Uh, I'm, pu- I'm putting it on. I'm just putting it on. Here's El yeah, Do yeah, Do it. Yeah. It just sounds like both guitar players are just hammering on op- the, all the open strings. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was about someone who was like a junkie and then wanted to get sober or someone who is in a coma that is trying to bring it out of the coma. I think it's about, uh, I think Aldopa, I don't know if it's called Aldopa, but it's a, it's a form of sick. It's a, they call it sleeping sick- sickness. Okay. Uh, it's a real, I'm going to actually look it up. Right now, just to uh, you do that. Let's see. I think it's called it. Trypanosomiasis. Uh, I can't read it. Can't read it. It's a. It's, it's a sickness. It's a disease. It's a disease. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a disease. I think it's primarily African. I, I believe, or it's it like came from Africa or something like that. I don't know what it is. I think it's bad. I think that, and I'm pretty sure the song is about that. And I only know that. Because I think there's a live version where he says this song is about sleeping sickness, and then he plays that song. So maybe I'm cheating, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but what else is amazing? What's fucking up? So- Good. I think my favorite song on here is Irgot. Oh, dude, it's barely music, and I love it because it's barely music until it is, and it's like that's one of my favorite guitar. I hesitate to call it riffs, but uh, one of my favorite like guitar playing of Big Black on and that track. Why not put on just a second? Because all these songs are so short. It's uh, let's yeah. do it. Here we go. It like revs up and down, and then yeah, that's just hammering on a on a harmonic note, but. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It goes up, goes down, goes up, goes down. Oh, it's great. Barely music. <laughs> barely music. It's barely music. Oh, it's fucking great. That's so cool. Uh, one what I want to talk about is indeed Kitty Empire. So that's a weird song. That's a weird. I mean, is it about a cat? Are, is it about? It sounds like it's about a cat. Yeah, like. <laughs> literally like a cat just you know being king because i mean i guess that's like a a weird anthropomorphization of a cat because i think we all kind of look at cats as as though they think they're higher than us yes that's just sort of like a a a very elaborate representation of that kind of mindset uh but the song is straight up ministry industrial like Mm -hmm. i don't know how this doesn't get cited as pioneering industrial like that is that's industrial as it gets it's crazy i feel like all the like hard rock people love albini and then i guess i don't really follow the industrial scene that much so i don't know what his his stance is there but Mm -hmm. like the bands he works with now are very much you know hard rock all the way Mm -hmm. uh yeah i can't imagine too many pop artists going to his really old school studio paying $10 to record a full album. Essentially. I almost wonder if like, if any have 
getting off topic a little bit, but uh, that'd be funny if they did. Um, Kashmir S. Polanski. Yeah. I think that's more like corrupt cop shit. I love the outro on that song. It's it's barely there, but oh, it's good. I think that's my my weakest song on the album. I think I like that one the least, mm-hmm. just because it, it's like it sounds like a hard rock song. The riff is a very hard rock riff. It kind of it's kind of like a sore thumb. I think uh, it's not a bad song by any means. Just a, it's just whereas the rest of the album is. Cause it's a short, it's like less than 30 minutes. This album is very short and kind of from beginning to end, it is like unrelenting attack and only toward the end. Does it start getting a little bit more melodic? Like uh tiny King of the Jews is fucking beautiful. Love it. it. That's good. Guitar playing too. It's wonderful. It's, it's really nice. Uh, and then the bombastic intro, which is, it's an outro. I don't know why it's called. Intro. Oh yeah. Very reminiscent of like, kiss or like led zeppelin like yeah yeah uh it's 30 seconds it's just an outro but and it's also instrumental but it is abrasive but very fucking it's like i don't want to say triumphant but it's very uh like it it makes you feel like you want more uh yeah i don't want i don't want this fucking album to end when i hear that like God, I don't want this album to end ever. I really fucking like the whole thing. Even like a fish, fish fry is one of the the lyrical songs that I was like, oh, that's that's what, real heavy. Why you got to sing about that? Which one's that? I mean, I know the song, but uh, what's it about? That's it's the about a dude who uh, goes out with a girl who wouldn't go out with his brother, and he ends up killing her. Oh, oh, wonderful. <laughs> and of course, it goes into detail, and you're. And that is uh, that is definitely one of their noisiest songs ever. That that one is yeah. Okay, once once again, another song where it doesn't sound like they're playing any riffs. It just sounds like metal clanging together. Uh, Precious thing, it, Precious thing sounds like if you took the most eighty song ever and put it through a wood chipper. Like it's <laughs> it has all the big blackness that we've come to love, of course. But like that, that those drums and that bassline, it's all funky. It's like weird fucking song weird album but punishing fast short noisy it's everything i love about big black in just one really beefy package my beefy i mean like no real estate wasted every every frequency is used very (laughs) effectively as for lack of a better term uh very efficient man yeah yeah uh Perfect. It's one of the better representations of the band, and I think it's a definite swan song. But I still say start with Atomizer. Uh, that one is far more inviting, and that's a loose mm-hmm. term for this band. Uh, God damn! What a, I fucking love them. I love them so much. I love Albini. Uh, I over the years I've I've grown to not look at everything he shits as gold. Where like, I used to definitely be like that when I was younger, but going back to this band, they're they're man, they hold up so well. I yeah I used to be that that way with certain producers, even though he doesn't like that right. label. But uh, yeah, I used to be that way. But still, for the most part, solid uh, solid track record, even as a uh, engineer. Yeah, uh, he still records very infrequently with Shellac these days. Uh, I'm also a fan of them, but I think we should at some point cover Rate Man. It's Literally one album, one EP. I think they're very cool. 
not easy to find these days. I had it on CD. Um, they oh, it's, it's not streaming. Um, but another once again, when, when the name of the band is Rape Man, it's very much Albini doing his thing, pissing people off, using bad words, you know. And they got back together for one off in '06, right? Ooh, Big Black or Rape Man? Uh, Big Black. I believe so. They did. Yeah, they, and it it wasn't. They said it was out of respect for Touch and Go Records. It was. It was so much. It was uh, them t- wanting to get back together. Right. Uh, Touch and Go is the record label that Steve Albini has been with forever. They recorded, not recorded, they released obviously all of Big Black stuff. They did uh, everything Midwest for the most part. So everything from Chicago and stuff, that's all Touch and Go. Uh, I believe Slint was Touch and Go. Uh, you know, we talk about the Necros every once in a while. They're on they're on Touch and Go. Um, good record label. Good ass record label. And they had like a, you know, anniversary thing. So he re- reunited Big Black with uh, Dave, I'm um, sorry, uh, Santiago and Jeff Pizzotti on bass. Uh, Dave Riley, the second bass player from Atomizer onward, he died like two years ago, I think. Mm. Uh, only 59, kind of, kind of a bummer, but. Super, well, relatively young. Yeah, relatively. Um, but. Yeah, Albini's still very active, still beloved, still charging fucking nothing to record, pretty much. He has like a daily rate, which is insane for yeah. anybody in the music business, especially someone who's as successful as him. Uh, and I don't know, he's a he's a very interesting, he's a character in the, in the music industry. Very much the, the guy who lives in the woods by himself, away from everybody. Yes. Uh, I, I respect the hell out of it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, almost to uh, he's produced so much stuff that I bet if you're a fan of hard rock, even if you've never heard of Steve Albini, you have a few yep. records. He is 1000%. Uh, and he records, and it's funny how, how so damn I don't know if egalitarian is the right word to use, but. It doesn't matter who the hell you are. You could have your mom as your only fan, and he'll record you for the same. He, like, yep. nobody's recorded with him all the fucking time. Like, it's 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 like, oh yeah, like he did a uh, album with um, with Weed Eater. And uh-huh. Weed Eater is just I've heard the name, tr- trashy, trashy stoner metal band. Yeah, they aren't really big at all. And he's also done, what's her fucking name? The Harp Girl. <laughs> uh, shit, what's her name? Harp Girl. God damn, she plays a giant harp. She's like in that folky, artsy, underground indie thing. Oh, man. I was you got me, Mike. Ball- you oh, got me. fuck. Uh, I'm going to forget I'm gonna forget her name. Oh, no. And I have no way to Google it, too. Uh, mm. Shit. Hold on. I'm going to Google it real quick. Let me see how good my Googling skills are. Yeah, you got uh well Mike's doing that. You got Slint Records, you got um Melt Banana, the Jesus Lizard. Join Newsome. There it is. Join Newsome. That's who he records a lot oh, of. Okay. Oh man. I can't believe I I literally Googled Heart Music Artist Indie Female and it came up. So <laughs> listen, man, Google's really powerful. Google's really powerful. <laughs> Google's your friend. Indeed. Until it's not. Uh yeah, he's recorded everybody. And like honestly, um his all of his okay no I'm overstating all of my favorite records or most of my favorite records that sound the best like my favorite sounding records usually done by Steve Albini 
in utero from mm-hmm. Nirvana. Goat from the Jesus Lizard, which I think might be the best sounding record of all time. Goat. Uh, it's real good. It's incredible. Uh, obviously, all the shellac stuff, big black stuff. Uh, Rape Man. Neurosis. 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 Uh, we keep brushing on Rape Man a little bit. That record, their first album, sounds incredible because you also get Ray Washam, who's a drummer for, for Scratch Acid, one of the most underrated drummers, I think, of all time. His drumming with Steve Albini's production is, oh, it's so satisfying. It's so damn satisfying. Probably, you know, sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard it. We will. We will. There's no, way it, there's no way it doesn't sound. Seriously. But... Uh, before we spend the next half hour gushing more about this fucking man and all the things that he does, uh, just Google him. Look up his stuff, interviews. He's a fun guy, interesting guy, uh, and good music. So to recap, we're going to do this what chronologically. Okay, <clears throat> where am I at? 1984, Racer X. That is my personal favorite. It is the first truly badass Big Black record, I feel like. Uh, holds a dear place in my heart. Love it a lot. Uh, headache 1987 that is the worst in my opinion it is just it's not even bad it's just doesn't offer anything that you're not going to get uh better with other other records and 1987 songs about fucking that is my best i love this album it is a fucking it is it is a concrete mixer in album form it's wonderful (laughs) alex i'll keep this effective like steve does uh Best personal favorite, atomizer, uh, worst, least favorite, headache. Beautiful. And thank you so much for listening and watching. This has been one of my favorite, funnest episodes, even with my (laughs) fucking PC crashing in the middle of it. I still love this band so much. I'm glad we got to talk about them. But if you want to share us, help us, support us, fucking tell a friend. For the love of God, please tell a friend. Someone who likes Big Black, you probably won't get mad at us if you like if you like Big Black because we did not talk a whole lot of shit this episode. But please subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a five star rating, review, do all the stuff if you want. Uh, and if you want to follow along with us and uh, check out the al- the bands, albums, artists that we are currently covering in real time, you can follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura. I'll be posting uh, which artists we're currently covering, and you could listen on your own. Email us. If your thoughts, opinions, fucking hatred, whatever, send your emails to everyalbumeverat.com. Also, sp- wait, everyalbumever at gmail.com. Did I say that right? Whatever. Uh, also, be sure to follow Alex on Instagram at motherpuncture. Hell yes. And of course, as always, you can suggest an artist at the same email address, everyalbumever at gmail.com. Artists that are preferably dead or just broken up or something that we can, you know, there's a cohesive beginning and end so we can talk about them as though they are dead, even if they are not. Uh, Spotify playlist. You can find a link in the description of wherever you're listening and watching. There will be songs, our favorite big black songs all over the place. Uh, as well as everyalbumever.com where we have playlists associated with every single episode that we've done. Okay. Oh God, I need to get better at plugs. Good Lord. I need to like fucking practice in a mirror or something. I don't know. I think that was uh, pretty good. Thank you. I'll take it. Beginning beginning and end. I'll take it. Thank you so much. Uh, So I am picking the last song. I didn't think about what song I want to end this with, Uh, but hmm. Hmm. I don't want to do I don't want to do kerosene because everyone's expecting kerosene. Yeah. Uh but uh, we also played a little bit of like everything. Hmm. So 
we hmm. okay okay here's what we're gonna do <laughs> uh, this is so hard for me for some fucking reason I uh, thought you would have thought this through I just like them all so much and we are you know what this is what feels right this is what feels right to me we're going past the complexion off of that oh, yeah. thank you so much for listening everybody see ya